0: Hi, hey, everyone. I'm John.
1: And I'm Georgia. And we're here inside
0: your ears to
1: talk about the mac and cheese of movies.
0: This, this is, is Comfort, Comfort
1: Films. Films. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Comfort Films Podcast. This is episode 36 Pretty in Pink. Woo-hoo! Woohoo! The 1986 John Hughes teen classic starring Molly Ringwald.
0: You mean the one that came out on February 28th?
1: 1986 yes thank you for reminding me of that right i told you i wouldn't remember we looked it up three seconds before the show and it blasted right out of my mind when i tried to remember the episode number so
0: benefits of ocd
1: (laughs) well as we know georgia and numbers are not friends oh me neither i can't count I yeah, can no, You're the I stick mean, math guy. It. We all know. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So we have a very special, special guest this week. We're super psyched to welcome Heather McKenzie. Woo. Yay, Heather. Hey. Um, we know Heather from Worcester Shakespeare. As people who've been listening know, that's practically the only thing we've ever done in our life. That's And it. the only that's reason it. we have any friends. That is true. So <laughs> <laughs> Heather <laughs> is uh, one of the wonderful people we did meet through that. hmm um, I remember with Taming of the Shrew, you played the widow, and yes. also you were the costumer. So you were in charge of putting John in fifty million different outfits oh, during God. that during that play.
2: Yes, it was such a pleasure to be able to dress everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and John had the most because he had to he had to change like every scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah, to run down the hill and then completely change. I changed into that Superman suit, which is really crazy. Oh my
2: God, yeah.
0: It's like a onesie. And I never really did a onesie before, at least that I was aware of. And then I would just kind of dive in a run back up the hill. Yeah, there were a lot of changes in that.
2: You were so brave, yeah. Yeah, you were really asked to take on a lot and you did it.
0: It was, yeah. It was weird because, you know, I was like in my 30s. It wasn't like, you know, I was physically in my prime in any way, shape, or form. But I have to say, over the course of that show, I think I probably lost like 20 or 30 pounds.
1: Yeah, because you're running up and down the hill like a crazy man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. But it was great. I mean, we met, we ended up meeting so many people who were in college at the time. And Heather, you were in college at Clark mm-hmm. yeah. um, at the time. And yeah, we've just made a lot of friends through that summer that we've kept. For years and years and years, even though we don't live near each other, and you know, you guys have graduated and gone on to have you know adult lives, yeah. <laughs> <And> we <laughs> yeah. have luckily been able to keep in touch, and you know, uh, it's always great to see your face and hear your voice. And you know, we're really looking yeah. forward to discussing this movie with you, yes.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, we happy to have you here. I, um, I loved one of the things that I loved about doing Worcester Shakespeare was that like we did have such a massive like age range like it really was an intergenerational project and you yeah. don't always get that um hmm. and uh it was it was such a treat but also like confusing you know like Grace was like one but she was 14 or whatever <laughs> yeah um, yeah and uh yeah it's just like Uh, you guys were cool and so fun to work with i mean you know like i i do theater every day in my life you know not like uh in a professional way but in a lifestyle
1: (laughs) way (laughs) it's a lifestyle right right You you don't make the rules No. So, usually when we have a guest on, we uh, request them to tell us what their favorite comfort film is, um, or give us a few options, and we pick one. And, of course, we're kind of on our pink series right now, and when we talk to Heather about potentially coming on the show, out of her three choices, one of the ones that she said actually had the word pink in it and Mm -hmm. we're like serendipity strikes again so um (laughs) we said yeah let's do pretty in pink um so heather what makes that a comfort film for you
2: so i love pretty in pink because i love andy um obviously she's like she is the film to me um and the first time i watched it um Steph comes, like, sauntering up to her, and he just sucks so much. And um, and uh, he's, like, mad at her because she won't go out with him. Um, and uh, he's, like, you're so, like, what makes you so special or whatever? And she's, like, I have taste. <laughs> um, I was, like, yeah, exactly. Like, yes, yes. Fuck the assholes. Um, <laughs> that's like basically the vibe that I get from Andy. Um, and I love it. I want to embody it. Um, I, I just cherish her so much.
1: <laughs> that's great. Yeah. yeah. she Molly Ringwald is fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is maybe one of my favorite performances of her in a John Hughes movie. And she had so many. Yeah. But she is so different in this one like she is kind of the heart of her own family you know she takes care of her father she's a good friend you know people just like her she has her own style and she really doesn't apologize for that even though it is kind of like golden girl chic (laughs) honestly I'm, I'm always like what is she wearing but that's her and that's who she is and I think especially when you're like a teenager it's so hard to do that And the fact that she does that so unapologetically, I think is super cool of her.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see someone standing up for themselves. That's always a big thing I look for in movies. Someone that dares to be different. And she dares to be different. And she gets so much static from every single person that she runs into. You know, she gets that bullshit from her principal. You know, if you give off the vibe, you don't want to belong and you won't belong. It's like, what is this? So I mean it's you get it from all sides, you know, even a person like the principal that's supposed to be on your side isn't, you know, it, it shows how flawed everyone is. Yeah. You know, it it's interesting. Because she is so different that in this movie, she actually has three different suitors, which I was like, wow, I'm like, this is pretty interesting. Like, we do have Steph, yes, D-Bag extraordinaire. He's made it an art form. You know what I mean? You know, we also have, of course, Blaine. And then we have Ducky, you know? And so it's like she's got three people, you know, actively pursuing her. And it's because she is her and she's no one else. There's no one else in the film like her.
1: No, there's no one else anywhere. You get the feeling like her. She's nope. like super unique. You yeah. know, this is a person I can see like after this movie, like going to art school and like, you yeah. know, really getting to express herself and fashion and all kind of different ways. And I love that. I really love that idea of being unique. And we talked about this, actually, when we did the Legally Blonde episode. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes these women forward films, the things I like about them is that the message is kind of that you can you really should be yourself and your personal, unique contribution is what is important in life. And, you know, there's a lot of people trying to get Andy to conform in this. Yes, yes and we also have the character of Iona who kind of does end up conforming yeah um at least you know in the movie who knows what she's going to be doing two weeks after you know (laughs) that's what we love about Iona she's like the Madonna of the movie she can change herself completely every you know few weeks
0: well Iona is such a great character and then she stands in As a mother figure for Andy. Yeah. And the family dynamics in this are very interesting. There's a lot of chosen family running throughout this. And sometimes it comes in the most unexpected of places. Like Iona, you know, we can totally see her as a mother to Andy. Or a
1: big sister, like kind of both. Yeah. Um, depending on the day and yeah yeah and then you pointed out something super crazy
0: oh yeah well so this this one i was like what but i thought about it so the bouncer played by andrew dice clay is a father figure to ducky because he actually <laughs> says to him it's, it's funny but it's sad at the same time you know if you know this girl comes if andy comes to this club knowing that you can't get in you know, aren't you getting the message? She doesn't want to be with you, you know? And it's just like, oh, man, it's yeah. it's so good. And yeah. it's interesting because Andrew Dice Clay, you know, was really known for some really raunchy
1: humor. And he has this very tender side in, with Ducky. Also in multiple movies, I have to just say, because I was laughing about this and thinking about Andrew Dice Clay in this movie and also in the movie Casual Sex. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's a likable guy. He's, like, the guy you want to succeed, which is really bizarre because in the 80s, and you probably don't even know this because you're so much younger than us. but
0: We're very old. But, like,
1: in the 80s when he was at, like, the height of his comedy, like, he was, you know, foul-mouthed and everybody, like, just thought he was so harsh and rough and everything. Yeah. But in, in these movies, he's kind of, like, a really likable, normal guy. Mm-hmm and i felt like that was the case here too yeah just like iona is kind of like this mom slash big sister for andy dice is kind of like a big brother slash dad for ducky
0: well yeah he even takes up for him yeah with andy you know yeah it's and it's well and this is interesting cuz it's like a joke but it's also foreshadowing because you know the bouncer andrew dice clay is like you know, why do you do this to him? Yada, yada, yada. And they walk away. And then Ducky says to Andy, you know, do you want me to go and, like, kick his ass? <laughs> you know, and what happens in the film? He takes down Steph.
1: Yeah, well, and he like, tries to. Well, hey, I Close got it.
0: Enough. I give him all the stars for that. Because I don't think this kid has had a fight in his life. No. And he goes after... You know, Steph, and like it's just insane. You're like, holy shit, this kid is really committed. Yeah, you know, it's it's like he wants to be the White Knight. You know what I mean? Oh
2: yeah,
1: definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a messy fight. Like neither <laughs> one of them is good at fighting. No, they I, mean, the- it's
2: really, I think it's a really funny
1: fight. <laughs> Incredible <laughs> I loved it the whole time.
2: I don't know if that was like what was supposed to happen, but I think <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
0: it's kind of like the bridget jones diary yes, fight that's you know
1: yeah. yes
2: it yeah definitely has those vibes
1: yeah well it, it like, it's like like a man and a hair pulling fight <laughs> like they're kind of fighting like people think girls fight yeah
0: it's i really like the the you know it's like the guys are pulled off of each other okay and then like ducky like spins out and pulls down the homecoming sign and it's such a like a, a weird bullshit move, but I could see myself doing that, which I'm like, John, you would have totally done that. And then, you know, James Spader is Steph, again, asshole as an art form. Like, this is the guy to watch. And like he he like <laughs> the fucking line he says is like nice, huh? And then he just spits on the ground. He just spits oh. on the floor of the school. And you're like, oh what? what (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know well i mean okay so here's some weird stuff okay that that georgia brought up earlier we were talking about this catch this there are similarities between steph and ducky
1: so we were talking about the three kind of guys who are all pursuing andy Mm -hmm. in this movie And the crazy thing to me is, and the reason I think that people wanted her to end up with Blaine, is that he's kind of the only one of the three who doesn't seem to feel entitled to Andy. Like, Mm. Ducky, even though I absolutely love him, I think Ducky is the greatest. I would have been totally all for Ducky when I was growing up. Nice, because I am Ducky. Yes, I know. You're very Ducky-like. But like, uh, well, and we've been married for 17 years now. Right. Steph and Ducky both feel like they're entitled to Andy for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Ducky has, like, that nice guy, like, insult-type entitlement here. He's like, I've spent a lot of time with Andy. I really like her. I would be so good to her. I Mm -hmm. deserve to be with her. Um, And it's like her feelings don't really enter into this logic that he has. Like, she doesn't really want to be with him for whatever reason and it doesn't really matter to him because he thinks you know he's put in the effort and the time and it's supposed to work for him and you know a lot of things in life work that way but love is not one of them and you know that's a lesson that Ducky kind of has to learn and I think that is why she ends up with Blaine in the end although every time I watch this movie I'm like Ducky would have been so much better why is she not with Ducky But anyway, and then Steph feels entitled to her because Steph feels entitled to everything. Like he thinks he should just get whatever he wants because he always has. So, you know, why not this girl? And, you know, Blaine's whole point in the last kind of interaction he has with Steph is like you think you can buy everyone, you couldn't buy her. And it's, he's saying like, you were not entitled to this girl. And You know, that's where Blaine actually gets it. And that's where Blaine becomes, like, you know, a suitable boyfriend. Mm, Yeah. Um, But, you know, I'm not saying that he did a great thing the whole time. Because I actually am, like, morally offended by how many times he's so awful to Andy. Like, he stands her up. He doesn't show. He, like, leaves and runs off on her. He asks her to prom and then takes a shit on it. Right. And he has no real way to apologize about this. He doesn't really. No. And then in the last scene, he's just like, I love you. And I'm like, well, then don't be a dick. Like, you had a choice. You made the wrong one. A a lot of times. (laughs) And I get it that, like, you know, he's a victim of his own circumstances and whatever. But I don't know. I thought that Blaine was pretty weak um, as a character, like, as a person. I think the character's written fine, but I just don't get it. Like, I was, that was the thing I was joking about before, that the character Blaine should have been called Bland, because he doesn't really have much of a personality. I don't really understand what it is that he sees in Andy, except for the fact that all of us think Andy is awesome. I mean, who wouldn't? But at the same time, like, what makes him special? Like, what does she see in him? And I don't know if I ever get that beyond just that, you know, she thinks he's cute or something.
2: Yeah. I think that there's, like, something appealing to both of them about, like, like, reaching across, like, the class divide. Blaine is not interesting and and I don't know if she does like him for anything other than he's pretty mm. um which I don't even really agree about because like I can't even look at his lips they are so tiny <laughs> um, but um yeah so like it's I think it's surface level like each other is just a metaphor for like a larger thing they want. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. want each other. They want like their ideas of each other. So Mm -hmm. like long-term their relationship isn't legit in any way. But in the way we tell this story with the different characters, he's yeah. Like the whatever, every man or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, he is just kind of a representative of, you know, rich people who aren't garbage. Yeah, yeah. like staff is garbage.
2: Savage, you know, like he's like, are you gonna change or you know, like just douchebag stuff. Like, he brings her to that shitty party. He oh makes my god, her out with friends, um, like, so, so he isn't really okay with it. You know, he has issues with her being poor um and she has issues with him being rich but they're both like trying to
1: change yeah. or be Yeah. Open. Well, it's funny. I think I read something where Molly Ringwald said that she thought that <laughs> Blaine and Andy would have broken up like 2 weeks after the movie <laughs> or something. <laughs> they just both needed to break out of whatever it is that they thought they fit into so that they could like change themselves. Like Because Blaine, regardless of if he stayed with Andy or not, he comes out of this a different person. You know, he's not as slavish mentality to like to staff who's like the popular rich guy, um, the leader kind of of their band of Richie's.
0: (laughs) Whaties? Whaties?
1: (laughs) We say Richie's all the time. I call people Richie's like all the time. This is not. We love it.
0: And then I always say whaties like Harry Dean Stanton. You know, it's just like that scene. I, you know it's like i want to be with them dad but he's a richie a what he i love that i love that
1: but i say richies all the time because i'm a i'm a non-richie and i identify as a non Ritchie since birth so like when when they talk about richies i just love it it's really funny to me though because like harry dean stanton doesn't think in these terms no like and I actually was really touched by his character this time. Like there's been times in my life where I've watched this movie and thought that I didn't like her dad because I was like, oh my God, he's lazy. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like he has a daughter. He should be supporting her. He should be doing this. But this time I was watching it and I guess it just hit home for me like that. It's not that he doesn't want to do things. It's that he's like unbelievably crippled by depression. Yeah. And I just really felt that this time in a way that I've never felt it before And I think Stanton's performance is so strong because you just get the sense that, like, you know, all he can talk about is Andy's mom. Mm -hmm. You know, he loved her and she didn't stay around and it kind of just destroyed who he is as a person. Like, he didn't have anything without her. He, like, defined himself by her and when she left, it's like he lost everything about who he even is. You know, and Andy's like struggling because she loves him and she wants him to get that back. But it's like he's resistant. He doesn't even want to be anything without her. Well, it's
0: very interesting to me that we have the scene with Jack Walsh. I never knew that was his name, by the way, until... (laughs) I
1: I just always say Harry Dean Stanton because, I mean... It's
0: Harry Dean Stanton.
1: HDS is an icon, kind of. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So it's like when we have the Harry Dean Stanton, John Cryer scene... You know, or Jack Walsh and Ducky, a.k.a. Phil. <laughs> Phil. Phil, yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm Phil. I like that. I'd like to have a nickname and then sometimes just shut people down if I don't like it You know what I mean? <laughs> no, my name's not Jackie Boy, it's John. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know,
1: like a Or Mace, everybody calls you Mace. Mace.
0: yeah, I've had that since grade school. I yeah. think
1: that's funny because it makes you sound really Mace. tough. It,
0: it, Yeah, Mace, ever since I was a kid. And I always ah. thought that was it was pretty funny. Yeah, because it sounded like a tough name. So then I was like, I don't know, should I embody like some kind <laughs> of tougher image? And the times I've tried, oh, Christ, they're horrible. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, fair. but this scene that we have with, with Stanton and Cryer is amazing because it's like there is no age divide. This just seems like two dudes who were heartbroken sitting down and talking about it. And what's also interesting is they make a real point to say that Andy is so much like the mother. And that's one of the things that makes it so hard on her father is that all he keeps seeing is, you know, the, the love that he lost in his daughter. And it's just like, oh, my God, yeah, you know, it, it's too much for him. And then John Cryer is actually saying, you know, I want to be with Andy, you know. And it's funny because, you know, they they act like equals and the door seems so open that John Cryer just starts talking to Stanton like he's just one of the boys. (laughs) And then Stanton kind of shuts it down, you know, which is hilarious. He's like, you talking about Andy's mom? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like you know i wish that they shared like you know it's the 80s okay and the 80s cigarettes were were fine it seemed like you know it's like i just felt like there should have been some smokes there should have been more budweiser's you know but it's just like they really talk it out you know and i was just like this scene is amazing and i'm so happy that it happened because georgia really noticed this ducky like where is he living? It looks terrible. Yeah. There are no parents. There's no mention of anyone caring about this kid at all on yeah. his own.
2: Where does he come from?
1: exactly well, I mean his room looks like a a homeless like it looks like he's homeless and squatting in like a an abandoned house or something i mean there's like spray painted graffiti in the in his bedroom
0: the mattress is on the floor
1: i I mean ours is too
0: yeah ours is too
1: i can't judge anybody for that
0: (laughs) you know it's just like we are ducky the new generation yeah i mean like Um, i was
1: like oh my god his he doesn't even have a bed and i'm like okay never mind um oops
0: i was going to pretend like we were like you know really high class and not mention that but i'm glad you did we're not richies. yeah we're We're not richie's Richies, you know well not at this point you know growing up i was very lucky i grew up in the suburbs i was very lucky i was very privileged i had every toy i had everything well i mean you know that that was that
1: was something that you kind of brought up that i thought was funny is that like well like i have no frame of reference for this type of movie with like the class divide because i'm from mississippi and yeah there's people that have more money and less money and stuff but overall like there wasn't like this very sharp distinction between people who had money and didn't but like you were talking about how this felt kind of like you know andy lived in worcester and she was like going to school in shrewsbury yeah (laughs) that was that was
0: kind of the vibe you know what i mean it was just like you know when when you cross over you know and it's just like the idea of an apartment for me growing up, I just thought that was something cool you did for fun. Like I was excited at the idea of an apartment. because I was like, everybody in movies has an apartment. I want an apartment. You know what I mean? It's just like so stupid and and privileged, you know, And, and then, you know, you actually come and face, you know, real life, you know, where you have like real bills and responsibilities and things. And then you realize, oh my God, I was so lucky with what I had, and I didn't even notice it. Yeah, you you took it, you took it for granted.
1: Well, that's good. Steph would never Steph will never know about living in an apartment.
0: Steph, man, like, okay, so this is me, like, I think like super overprojecting. So let's open the door here. (laughs) Overprojecting. Yeah, like here it is. Like I feel like with Steph, the worst. Okay. But he is the worst because he can't be with Andy. And I guess it's because I always try to see the best in everybody. And there are times I shouldn't do that. But I kind of feel like this character of Steph actually really likes her. I don't feel that it's just a situation where he's looking for a one-night stand. I'm like, well, how would it have played out if they went out? I'm like, would Steph, you know, been able to say, hey, I'm cool with this. Now, there's part of me that thinks that because his character is all about flying in the face of tradition. He throws these massive parties at his parents' house. You know, that that's what he says, you know, to, uh, to Blaine. He's like, you know, would I treat my parents' house like shit if I cared about any of it? You know, Mm. he's like just, (laughs) Mm. I love that he's just like loaded most of the film, just like rolling the joint in the office and just doling out knowledge. (laughs) You know, like he, he has a lot to, and like the best one, the best one for me in that scene in the uh, office where he's talking, you know, to uh, McCarthy is like, he tells him, you know, basically you can go out with her or you can be my friend, and that's it. And then, like, you know, he's walking out of frame, and he's out the door, and he goes, you should take a shower. You look
1: like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything think- that Steph says and does is, like, my favorite. Like, even though he's a horrible person, I mean, part of the reason he is a horrible person is because he doesn't care about anything.
0: No, and villains, unfortunately, are always fun because they have no rules. They can be completely whatever they want to be at any moment.
1: Well, James Spader has a real, like, Jack Nicholson thing in this one to me. And you can tell he just really relishes playing this asshole guy. Sure. And And it is like what you said. He brings it, like, to an art form. Yeah where every time he's on screen is kind of one of my favorite parts of the movie because he's such an asshole yeah what's he gonna say i mean Mm -hmm. yeah he's just gonna be totally flippant and like insouciant about like everything and he this is the deal with him he doesn't care about anything and i think that is why I mean, I think there's two arguments to be made about his interest in Andy. Okay, Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. The
1: first one is that because he doesn't care about anything, which I really get, Mm -hmm. that he is looking to care about something. um, And he's trying to Mm -hmm. figure out, you know, how to do that. And he sees this person who he thinks has nothing. Like, he thinks that her life must be total garbage but for whatever reason she still seems to care about things and i think he wants to understand why mm-hmm. um okay
0: that's good that's one yeah.
1: thing the alternate which is probably more realistic uh and more uh, like surface and not thinking about it too much is that he just wants to ruin somebody i Ooh. mean like because steph is a horrible guy yeah um, and he sees this person who and i'm not saying that she's innocent because she's very jaded like she's had a hard life she's had to work very hard she knows what it's like to suffer yeah she's she's the parent to her father to her father yeah, yeah. I, I
0: mean that that's
1: it's you, such a gen x movie like when oh, you yeah. start the movie and the the daughter uh, is like waking up the dad and like trying to get him to go to work and all this kind of stuff i was like wow um you know, growing up like Latchkey, as I did, I could relate to that so much, but I feel like he sees somebody who is a pure and good person in some ways, and, you know, it could be that he kind of wants to ruin that, because there is a part of Steph who just wants to burn the world down. I agree You know what I mean? So I think that those are the two options that you have, and it could be either one, or it could be a combination of both. It could be, you know, that he does want to find out how, you know, somebody can care about something and then he will burn it down and destroy it. Because he's kind of like, you know, a low-key a low key serial killer or Ooh. something. <laughs> like, you know, I don't think he's actually going to murder anyone, but like he is a sociopath. I mean,
0: I think that the reason that the character, you know, is something that draws so much attention is because of the intensity that, that he brings to it. And it's also, this is crazy, he was offered the part of Blaine. Blaine. He said, no, I want Steph.
2: Oh, my God. Right. And thank you, James
1: Spader, yes. for that. Yeah,
2: seriously. Yeah. Wow. he's
1: great. I mean, speaking of smoking, like you were talking about smoking, like in every scene, he's smoking. He's <laughs> in the school, he's smoking.
0: The record store brings it in. I, yeah. I mean, I just... You know, it's just so, right? He
1: puts the cigarette... Okay, in the 80s, people did smoke in the buildings all the time. Like, I remember Mm. being in the grocery store and people were, like, pushing their cart and, like, smoking cigarettes and, like, ashing on the floor. But, like, he, like, puts the cigarette out on the floor in the school. Like He's... (laughs) Nothing is sacred. He's a mess. He's Mm. a mess. And, yeah, he's he's kind of, like, the product of his upbringing, right? I mean... He has these parents who clearly don't give a crap about him. And this is, again, again another Ducky parallel. Because we were saying, like, Ducky is kind of like... As much as, you know, Andy is poor. She lives on the wrong side of the track. She doesn't have a lot. She does have, you know, a father who is a decent human being. And, you know, sort of shows up for her sometimes. Yeah. You know, he buys her the dress and everything at the end. But, like, Ducky is, like, in this hovel you know this filthy hovel and then you also have Steph who's like similarly neglected by his parents but he also has access to everything he could possibly want except for the love of his parents.
2: What you were saying Georgia about um you know wanting to like kind of crush Andy's joy you know like that's that's what everyone wants to do like everyone like like you said earlier john like she's getting it from all sides like everyone's like you have a light i don't like it you know like i think it's something about like our i mean this movie's about like capitalism and um blaine like knows that like the the ruling there's still a ruling class and that he's part of it so like Under capitalism, we are made to believe in scarcity of everything, including love, which is bullshit because love is limitless, you know, Um, but we don't, we don't really feel about it, feel that way about it. Like it's often an exchange um, or like a a power imbalance or something. Um, And so... I think sometimes when we see other people's joy, we feel like if they have it, then that means that's less that I get, you know, mm. um, it's like a competition. Um, and I think that that's what, that's what the girls in high school, that's what they don't like. She has a spark, she has a spirit and and they're busy hiding their spark under yeah. conformity. Um, yeah. And they just want to put it out. Yeah, they're just jealous.
1: Oh, that's such a brilliant point. Yeah, it really is. I feel like that happens a lot in life. That we and it, it it's so great to link it back to like the ideal capitalism. And this movie is about class structure and all. And to you know, everybody does act like life is like a zero sum game, right? And mm-hmm. if somebody else has something, then that means that you don't have it, and you can take it. And mm-hmm. that's really not the way that things have to be you know there's creativity here that i think that's the that's probably what these people are jealous of with andy is that she is unique and she doesn't need to play their game and they're like well if she doesn't need to play the game then why do i have to do it right you know she needs to play it too right. instead of them saying Instead of them taking her example and saying, okay, well, I don't need to play the game either. I'm going to check out of this. They are, like, so mad at her, but that she doesn't want to play it, that they're like, no, she has to, and they keep trying to make her do it.
0: That's good. I mean, it's, this is so worthless of a point, but I'm going to give it anyway. So, like, one of the things I was thinking about, you know, the name Steph and Blaine, like, I just, I feel like they're so interchangeable. I probably screwed them up like six times during I this literally talk.
1: have. I keep saying the wrong one. Yeah, wrong so time.
0: it's like, you know, someone's going to listen and go, what the
1: fuck are they talking about?
0: But <laughs> here's the interesting part. Their names actually sound like two other words. And when we start thinking about, like, capitalism, this gets interesting. Steph sounds a lot like stuff. And Blaine sounds a lot like blame. So oh. it's like and then you know who is our other suitor Ducky <laughs> He's fine <laughs> and his name is Phil he wants I don't know he oh. wants something to oh. fill him For up Phil. Exactly oh. so it's like these these are all like consume words you know what i mean these are things that 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 people want and and we can go even further okay with Ducky that sounds like a, an innocuous you know, children's toy, right? I think about, oh, I'm in the tub with my rubber ducky. Cool. But your ducky actually is Phil. And Phil wants stuff to fill him up.
1: Yeah. So that's
0: that's pretty weird and out there. So there it is. That's a really
2: crazy in this movie. And I think that, I mean, I don't know if it's intentional or maybe it's just like those names were popular or something, but like, there's so much, like, boy, girl, hetero shit in this movie. That's what it's about. Um, and yet people have these names, Andy as a girl's name, and Steph is dating Benny? Is that her name?
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Steph is Benny
1: a- and
2: Andy. Well, I mean, in reality, all names should be free of gender assignment.
1: But, like steph
2: and benny like that's
0: interesting that's
1: a very good point i actually didn't think about that with benny but yeah you do have
0: you're a genius and
1: andy are both Mm -hmm. girls with boy names and steph makes me think of i don't i don't i guess it's short for stefan which if they named their child stefan then oh my heavens that's lit
0: that's that's a lot to that's
1: a lot to process
0: well let's go a step further okay if we're going to talk about gender and names benny is out getting a uh, prom dress benny gets a blue dress that she's looking at which was a color generally associated Mm. with boys growing up well and
1: and andy's always wearing pink which is the girl color yes
0: so it's the old, you know what I mean? It's the old switcheroo. I think I think there's really a lot going on here. Also, when Benny is getting her prom dress, you know, of course, it's in a, a store that has high prices and they're able to afford it. But it's like there's a line that, that we caught today where it's uh, somebody, Benny maybe says it looks like, um no, the mother says it looks like you're on a wedding cake or something. And she's like, I wish. And it's like what? Well, You're Benny in says
1: it looks like I'm on a wedding cake, and her mother says I wish.
0: Ah, thank you, so thank you. So it's the you. other way thank around, you. yeah. Okay.
1: Like, thank and I'm much. like, and I'm like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that you wish your 18 year old daughter was getting married? Yeah. Like what?
0: Right. Like,
1: I'm just like at a loss over that <laughs> because it's just like you know this line i wish makes it sound like benny is like 30 or something it's like oh i wish you were getting married oh
0: and you know why the girls this is some wild shit too you know another reason why the girls might hate andy is because she's getting attention from these rich guys and they do not want her joining their their social class oh
1: sure yeah that's for sure yeah part of it there's so much in this about you know people wanting to be separate like um it's you know e- all, and it's on both sides yeah it's not just oh the rich people don't want to have poor people infiltrating their their group the poor kids are just as similarly resistant To mixing with rich people Um, and it's multiple reasons but you know a big part of it for the poor kids is the being judged you know they don't want to be judged Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of judgment to that and it was funny because we were talking about this like Harry Dean Stanton you know I mean I think that the, the movie kind of brings this stuff to the forefront and then also supports that in a weird way Because it's saying, you know, everybody is saying, like, oh, well, the reason, all the rich people say, the reason why poor people are poor is because they haven't worked hard enough, right? They haven't, like, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and, you know, done, which is absolute cockamamie bullshit right yeah. like most people who have a ton of money have it because their mom, it, their mom and dad had it and their mom and dad had it and their mom and dad had it and their mom and dad had it because they exploited somebody else a really long time ago and they've built generational wealth but at the same time this movie is undercutting that by showing like the, that these rich people are kind of bums who really aren't doing anything except resting on their richness you also have Andy's dad who doesn't work and isn't really interested in working um, because he has depression, but still, you know, uh, the rich people's point of view will be, well, he's not working. He's lazy, you know?
0: Well, and you also have, again, we're going back to names again. I'm, I'm sure I'm going way too deep. Dweezil Zappa. Okay. When he's at the club with Andy and Jenna, right. You know, Andy asks him the question, what would you do if your dad came home and he was really rich? And I think this is actually the only line it is. that Simon has. He said, I would kiss his ass. Yeah. And that is literally the only thing he says. And he just is kind of zoned out and spaced out watching, you know, That's the show. Edge, yeah. So it's like, is, and uh, here's where I'm at. Simon says,
1: <laughs> Simon, Simon. Yeah. Simon so, says, kiss his ass.
0: Right. It's it's so weird, but it's just like the fact that that's his only line, right? And mm. you know, it's Dweezil Zappa. You know what I mean? Well, you know? and
1: Dweezil Zappa has a famous father. Yes, mm. yes, Frank. That Zappa. He really knows. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. That's that's really funny. Oh my god, it's super there's,
0: hilarious. There's so much. There, there's like there's so much that that is in this movie, and it's like I. I don't. For me, the the reason that that I always loved it was, I just really enjoyed seeing Ducky. You know what I mean. And I really enjoyed Iona. Yeah. And and then there again, I love villains, so I wanted to see Spader do his worst. You know what I mean. Like I can't stop laughing when he's coming on. Like. You know, I, I just, I, I can't stop. Like, I could go through every single line that he has. But what they do with Iona, I I don't like it, okay? So, yeah. you know, she's, like, on her own path, runs the record store, which I think is super cool, by the way. You know what I mean? That would
1: she, be, like, a dream job for you. Like, absolutely. You have right. your own record store in the 80s when people yes. actually bought records and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great, you know? And she's, like, taking care of business. You know what I mean? She's shutting down... <laughs> the little kid's shoplifter by shooting the staples at him, which is hilarious. And then she's on the phone, you know, with her, with her boyfriend at the time, who's, you know, living with her and she's just like setting up boundaries with him because she's doing way too much for him. And it's interesting because you can hear her talking underneath, you know, when Andrew McCarthy And uh, Molly Ringwald are talking like you hear this conversation about, you know, it's like I cook for you. You know what I mean? I do your laundry. you got to find a way off the couch, you know, take a bus, call a cab. I'm not giving you a ride. It's just like, you know, she's doing this thing where she's putting in all this work at the store. And then she has to go and prop up this dude. Right. So it's like she has a a completely different journey. And I I love the fact that she's so individual. And I love the fact that it seemed like she was never going to grow old. She was just going to stay out there on the edge. And then it's like we go through, you know, this journey where she thinks about the prom. And then, you know, she goes back to the memory of the prom and, you know, she dresses up and has the cool hair, the cool dress. And and then, right, our, our last scene with Iona, she's, uh, you know... Looks think,
1: like a yuppie.
0: Right. And she says she's in love with this guy, Terry. Now, George and I have a much different take on this. But when Andy shows up, okay, at Iona's apartment and Terry answers the door, I think Terry is a sleaze. And I think he's hitting on her. And it's like, oh, you're the guy that owns the the pet shop or the pet store. And he's like, yeah, that and more, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And then he's like, says something like, yeah, can you tell Iona to go in there and, you know, shake a tail feather. Now this guy sounds a hell of a lot like Steph when he comes into the record store. And, you know, it, it's like Blaine is looking at records, you know, and he comes in with a cigarette and he has the most bullshit line, which I love, you know, Steph says to Blaine, what are you doing? You're, you're looking for records, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and it's like, you know, it's just so good. And then he like says, I'm so glad for subtitles. I had no idea what he says. Right. He says to him, you know, if, if we're, you know, going to shoot trap, You know, we got to hurry up. And I was like, what is he talking about? He is talking about shooting clay pigeons. So he wants, you know, Blaine to hurry up. And he's like, you know, if you want to shoot, we got to shake it. And it's just like (laughs) really good line. But it, it parallels this dude, Terry. So Iona, who has been individual, they say she's a child of the 60s, doing her own thing, following the beat of her own drum has sold out which i fucking hate i fucking hate that because i love the character i love annie potts you know i do think she looks super cool in the clothes but then she's saying she loves the dude she's ready to get china patterns but the dude's a scumbag and he's gonna take all of her individuality
1: yeah well i mean this the fact that andy ends up with blaine in the end is kind of a sacrifice of you know, to conformity too. like, you go with the guy who, you know, makes the most sense financially. Yeah. Is it safety? Is that it? it?
0: Like, I I hate it.
1: I don't know. I mean, I I felt like the Iona turn was difficult for me to process in a good way. Oh, in a good way. Okay. Um, No, no, no. Difficult for me to make good. Like I'm trying to think of it in positive terms, because I think that we're meant to feel good for her. Right but i don't think i do
2: no yeah okay so there's this um i think it's a line it's it's a smith song it's from from the queen is dead i forget what song but um uh he says um a double bed and a stalwart lover for sure these are the riches of the poor Hmm. um and i i identify with that you know like uh as a person who didn't grow up with a lot of money i feel like my um i saw and still see a lot of people make decisions based on money um like, life decisions, like, living with, like, you just keep living with someone even if you're not happy because you have to, um, and you stay with the person, um, because you have to, so having this stalwart lover is, yeah, because you don't have the money to do anything else, um, and, uh, So, (laughs) I mean, that's a really
1: negative take on it. No, it's interesting. It's a realistic. I think it's a realistic take. I mean, you know, i I feel like it's very possible that you could look at Iona as thinking, like, you know, she's tired of working so hard for not much.
0: And being with these guys that
1: suck. Yeah, she can't, you know, if she can't date outside of her class and find somebody who kind of can take care of themselves, then she's always going to be the one who's taking care of the other person. And she doesn't want to do that anymore. It's, yeah,
0: I I mean, it's like, it feels like this, this, this maturity um, that they're saying she has to have but the major issue i have with that is iona has a nice apartment she works at a great place she has everything together this is not a person that that seems to be lost it it just seems like she you know has this faith in love and i'm again i'm really going outside the lines but i'm guessing that the people that she's going with you know, are people, you know, of her same age, maybe even older, that have these creative dreams. And, you know, they have these great dreams, but they don't have, you know, they don't have the financial means to sustain. So they are just taking from her. And she's a person that's extremely creative. But, yeah, I I feel like, yeah, maybe it's just... You're burnt one too many times. And yeah, I, I guess you're tired. I well, guess. And we
1: have Andy in kind of the same position, right? Because Andy certainly is a unique person who has mm-hmm. her own thing. You know, Iona's the same. But even at her age, even though, you know, she's in high school, she's already just taking care of the man in her life, which in this case is her dad. Yeah. And what happens if she, you know, does end up with Ducky, like i love ducky i think he's awesome but what the hell is ducky gonna do i mean like
0: yeah he's intentionally flunking so we can stay in high school yeah he, that's not gonna look good it, that, you know
1: is that, is that true he says that yeah. or well she not? says that to him when they're studying i mean uh, his answer to a question about the warsaw pact is the warsaw pact is a pact that was made in warsaw <laughs> it's
0: just bullshit yeah and
1: he's like where did the communist party you know originate or something like or where did where did the russian revolution take place and he said like in germany Um, because Karl marx was from germany and like she's like look i really think you're deliberately trying to fail yeah and you know i don't know if that's true or not you know sometimes people just don't really care that much about school and that's fine too you don't have to you can you know do other stuff with your life But um, I think that, you know, Ducky is not ambitious. And again, it's not like you have to be ambitious. Mm
2: -hmm. But,
1: you know, there's a difference between between not having a lot of ambition and just being completely directionless. And, like, I think that's the kind of guys that Iona is with. Are these guys that can't even take care of themselves, like, at all? Well,
0: okay, how about this? Okay, so Ducky is tanking in school, so he gets to spend more time with Andy. And Andy actually says, during this piece, she goes, you know, I'm used to talking to you, you know, all the time, and seeing you all the time, and I may say I hate it, you know, but I I love it, and I don't know what's going to happen next year. Because you know she's got a scholarship and and she's gonna be gone. Yeah. So it, it's just like I I feel like all of these guys are coming to her, and it they're they're just they're they're needy. They're emotionally needy, and it's like yeah. I, I mean again, Steph for many reasons you know is is needy like he has a need to show he's some big stud he has a need to crush happiness you know he has a need to find something you know what i mean real maybe i don't know i mean we don't know yeah I mean, and he's kind
1: of a nihilist you know
0: but he wants everybody wants something yeah is is kind of what i'm saying well
1: even blaine does i think blaine you know he doesn't have the same sense of entitlement that the other two guys do with andy Mm. but he's still like trying to get something from her
0: yeah he wants to seem like you know he can say to somebody someday you know i i don't care about class you know i dated a girl from the other side of the tracks in high school Mm. and i don't care what they said so you can't tell me i don't care You know, and and so it's like, I
1: mean, I don't know what Blaine Blaine like seems like he has no idea what he's doing.
0: He's too weak. He's too weak of a character, you know, and that's that's what I find. Like, you know, she gives him these chances and, you know, the original ending, of course, is she ends up with Ducky and then people didn't like that. So they reshot the ending. So, you know, she
1: ended up with McCarthy and it's like to the point where there was a novelization written of the movie this was a huge thing in the 80s yeah i read the book of karate kid part two
0: i read red heat
1: like before i saw the movie like i mean people you would read the book of the movie and Uh, the book of the movie had already been written with the ducky ending so they changed it at such a late date like andrew McCarthy had already gone on and, like, shaved his head and lost a lot of weight to be in this theater production in New York. And they had to call him back for reshoots, and he has, like, a hideous wig on. Yeah. If you, like, really pay attention, like, you can tell that he's much thinner and has a wig on in the last scene.
2: what the fuck i had no idea this is oh man you're blowing my mind it's yeah,
1: wild you gotta go watch you gotta go watch the ending again I, with that. Yeah. oh my gosh
0: but spader's hair remains perfect you yeah. know there's nothing yeah. out of place
1: mm-hmm. yeah he had that perfect like giant blonde hair of the 80s oh, yeah. and
2: the beautiful middle part yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just I think that I, and his style was really good too. I think that's maybe has a lot of style. I think you could do kind of a whole episode yeah. just talking about that. Mm-hmm. But like staff always dresses like he's in Miami Vice. Yes. Which yeah. was a big thing like in the 80s. I mean, how old You're were like, we when just this has movie one came one out?
2: Buttoned, buttoned.
1: yeah not yeah i mean like it's it's like it was a, a a lot of work for him to even get that one button buttoned. yeah, yeah. Like, he's in school he's in school like unbuttoned like halfway to the navel and i'm like really yeah like i mean around that time i think people were all dressing like that they had like the lightweight like light colored suits i mean at
0: this point yeah everybody wanted to be
1: don Johnson. yeah they wanted to be don
0: johnson from miami Mm -hmm. vice and again it's like this character that that it just has these two sides it's like he's a cop but at the same time he's like this hard living you know drug dealer gun runner you know he has all these exotic cars so he's like He's like living both sides of life. And he never shaved. He never shaved. Yeah, Don Johnson Remember?
1: always had like a half a beard growing in that show. Yeah. I don't know. People loved it. I never watched Miami Vice when I was growing up, but it had a huge impact on style. I mean, we were And like, music.
0: And music. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: we were like eight when this came out. We were like little kids. I don't think we saw this. I didn't see this until probably. I don't think it would have been 10 years old yet, but it was probably, I was probably 15 or something when I saw it.
0: I don't remember when I saw it. I I just don't remember.
1: I'm sure I saw it on TV or whatever. And I liked the John Hughes movies. Like I'd seen Ferris Bueller, um, Breakfast Club. It was only natural for me to like keep going with these type of teen movies. Um, But I think this one has like a real style that other the other ones don't necessarily have like they weren't as concerned about style and even you know early on when uh andy is talking to blaine in the record store she's talking about madonna having a lot of style and it's like she doesn't even care about her music she just cares that she has a cool style <laughs> yeah. well, the, andy
0: this is okay this is a good one to bring up andy has a sense of honor And that's something that you see throughout the film. Okay. The reason that she has a sense of honor is when, you know, she's in class and Benny and her friend are making fun of her. And then her teacher, who is super cool, you know, is like you ladies that are making fun of her will be thinking about her tonight when you write, you know, a summary of the chapter we just discussed. And, you know, Andy is like, no, no, I don't want to, you know, have them do that, you know, and it's just like, then the girls are so pissed at her. They're like, no, we'll, we'll take the chapter and write it. She, she has like this, this sense of honor and the same thing happens in gym class. You know, it's just like, they are being horrible to, you know, her and her friend, and her friend jenna gives him the bird and it's great <laughs>
1: says i hope they shrivel up and fall off <laughs> yes. and then she's the gym teacher's like did you have something you wanted to share yes i said <laughs> i hope they shrivel up and fall off and it's just like
0: so good and then it's like you know the gym teacher's like andy do you have anything to add and she's like no and then you know the the girls are, are mean to her again and then she raises her hand and we can tell you know that's that's her saying yeah i do agree i, I, I just
1: we were talking about clothes for a minute and i just want to say oh yeah that's a big what one. the yeah. hell are they wearing in this gym class scene
2: mm. it's oh, like they're wearing
1: a fitness dress or something fine, like fine. they're playing it's like volleyball in a dress like what is this
0: i never had like a real gym uniform i think i had Did I have, like, a t-shirt from my high school I had to
1: wear, maybe? Well, I certainly didn't have a dress. Yeah. I want to go back and watch Carrie. I think in Carrie they had to just wear, like, shorts and t-shirts or something, which makes sense. Yeah. But then this, they're wearing, like, these little dresses that look like, I don't know, they button up the fronts. I was like, what is this? You know, I
0: this is jumping back, but I, I do want to just talk about it again. When we have the scene where Blaine brings Andy to that horrible party, have you ever brought anyone to a party that horrible and stayed?
1: I've never been to a party that horrible. Oh, man. I'd like to think I would never be invited to a party that horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Like, people would just know Georgia doesn't belong to this horrible party. (laughs) I mean, you know, again, with the clothes. Sorry, I'm one-trick pony. You know, she puts on this outfit that I think she probably thinks is kind of classy. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got, like, I mean, I don't think it is because it looks like something somebody's mom who works at the bank would wear. Mm. But, like, she probably thought, like, oh, I'm dressing up nicely. She has, like, a skirt with, like, a matching, like, kind of top. Um, It's got, like, the lace under top and then, like, the kind of shirt over the top that matches the skirt and then she's got like the long string of pearls on and you know she walks into this party and the first thing that happens well first of all blaine had already said do you want to change yeah you know which is gross yeah blaine hey. then like she walks into the party and it kind of is like that he's right that she should have changed because the first thing that happens is so <laughs> like oh nice pearls like <laughs> like what an yeah. asshole It's interesting to me, like, again, Andy has her style. It is kind of, like, grandma-esque, like, some of the things that she wears. And it doesn't fit in with that group of people because it has too much personality. Like, the people she hangs out with, generally speaking, though, do wear things that have a lot of personality. I mean, Iona has a different personality every day. You know, different outfit every day. Yeah, Ducky always has, like, I don't know, this Michael Jackson from the 50s look going on. Yeah, I guess that's what I would call it. Yeah,
0: I I think it's spot on.
1: With those hideous, hideous, dirty white shoes. Yeah, I want them clean. They're nice shoes. Clean them up. Yeah, I mean, like, and, you know, he has, like, the duck's ass hairdo that he just gives him the name. And... You know, um, I think that she then goes to these parties where these people are just wearing, like, you know, pastel solid colors, like, matched together. Like, they all just came out of the country club, you know?
0: Well, all right. This is weird. I got another one. All right. Flash of madness. We'll find out. So, Andy's clothes do look older, okay? And it is her individuality. And it does show, it it feels like she's from an earlier time. And what's different about Andy, though it's never said she's going to do fashion, I think it's a pretty good guess that she is going to do fashion and she is going to have this career. Now, all the other ladies that we see who, who aren't, you know, her, they don't have a direction. No. Like all of the girls that that are in the higher social status, you know, again, the mother wants to marry them off. It's like, it doesn't matter what they want. You are just going to be a wife and that is going to be what you do. You're going to bring crab cakes to the country club. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> their youth. It, this is what's wild, you know, because Andy, again, dressing older, it's like their youth is is gone it's like this is their last shot yeah to to actually be who they are
1: well benny says that oh my god does she yeah not exactly but i think she says like this is our last you know party or whatever and so she wants it to be like a rager because yeah she probably is just gonna go marry someone like right out of high school yeah Yeah. that's probably why the people are so jealous of andy because she actually you know has some talent and possibility That isn't just bound up in whoever she's going to end up with.
0: Well, and it also, again, it it flips tradition on its head because it's saying a person without means has more opportunity than someone that has all the advantages available to them.
1: The whole thing with Andy, and this is something that I think we see in these movies that are female focused, is that the way that she has positive outcomes in her life is that she uses these talents that she has that are like innate that make her who she is Mm -hmm. and in this case because she is poor um, she has had a lot more experience with fashion because she can't just go to the store and buy some $650 dress off the rack she has to go you know thrift everything and turn it into something that's self-expressive so it's like she's taken her hardship and turned it into something positive for herself and even though the dress that she makes at the end is unbearably hideous to me the fact is she made it and it's her (laughs) own you know expression of self right I mean I'm sad because I thought that Annie Potts's adorable pink dress was great yeah and when she said she was going to borrow it or she's like could I use your dress i thought like oh good she'll wear that dress and that'll be cute no she took it and cut it to bits and turned it into like the dorothy's Bornack resort collection (laughs) (laughs) you know it's kind of the shapeless thing i mean the top of it i like because you know andy has nice shoulders so she has like the cold shoulder kind of look that became popular like 10 years ago or something and the top is nice but the bottom is like everything from the chest down is like super shapeless and not super great looking to me and i guess Molly Ringwald thought the dress was also hideous so that's funny i'm glad it's not just me like but how,
2: how did it come about how did that dress come about i
1: like, really don't I mean, know i mean i know they wanted they wanted her to make something unique and i think hmm. they were looking for like her to create unique shapes and things and Mm -hmm. so it is like a different shape like if you look at what all the other girls are wearing you know they're wearing like these hourglassy shaped things where it's like pinched in at the waist and everything and andy has more of like the straight up and down kind of thing but i mean there's a reason people wear pinch waist stuff because it makes you look more feminine or you know you're expressing Mm -hmm. like this hourglass figure that's kind of like the feminine ideal whereas andy's kind of wearing like this weird pink sack you know (laughs) um but it's you it's again unique like nobody else looks like her you know and she because she does such weird things with clothes and that's like i'm always just like what is she doing she like wears like you know floral stockings with socks over them and things like maybe she's always cold i don't know (laughs) possible but like i I, she was always just wearing all these multiple layers of like granny gear you know
0: well here's something wild the dress okay the dress is a product of what her like chosen mother and her Mm -hmm. father gave her Mm -hmm. and he gives her the dress that that he you know purchased for her after they had that heart to heart where you know she's like she says to her dad you know, mom left us, you know, she left us and she's never coming back. You know, it's a very emotional scene in this. And I I really like it because it shows you how real things are at her home. And mostly, you know, things are unspoken. You know, it's easy going. Here's some eggs. I'm going to find a job. I mean, we do find out, you know, that Harry Dean Stanton has been, you know, lying about going to this job you know, to, to make her feel better. But the biggest thing I think is this bit with the mother and in this scene, I mean, I firmly believe it, you know, Harry Dean Stanton sells it. I believe that she has gotten him to see the light that he needs to move on. And it's done. It's, it's a very cathartic moment in the film.
1: And it needs to happen because she's about to leave him, too.
0: Yeah. yeah, Like, you know, they
1: reference that she has a scholarship, you know, and she's going to go off and have her own life now, and she needs to leave him in a position where she can feel safe about that. Right. that this only person that she has left in her family is going to be okay without her. It's crazy. It's crazy.
2: So, um, something else that's, like, really special is i don't know i've actually i've had like this arc uh of like opinion about a relationship to ducky i the first time i saw this movie i think it was probably in college and i was like oh he's like totally like my type you know like i i love the weird guy right um and then i watched it again maybe a few years later and i was like ugh fucking leave her alone um but now watch when i watched it a couple of days ago i was like he is he is a, a dream he is the antidote to the incel in in like my opinion right now like it might change when i watch it 5 years from now. Um, but like where I'm at with it right now is like I I love Ducky, he drives me crazy, like all of those things that I've felt before are true. And right now I I feel like his his arc and his especially his scene at the end when he supports her, he tells her, like, go on, get it like it's yours, babe. Like that's that's the antidote to incel violence um Mm. it's like you know he he can love her and they both love each other and it's it's more than friendship for both of them I think they both have attraction to each other in different ways um but like he's able to realize that his love for her is the most important thing is the primary thing not like I really do believe that he understands he doesn't own her Like, I think that he figures it out. Um, And I think that at the same time, it's a process. You gotta, you learn it and then you relearn it and then you relearn it. Like we all like, yeah, changing like our behavior isn't just like a one-time thing. He's probably going to have other relationships with women like this. And he's probably going to think he's owed something a little bit, but he, he doesn't hurt her. He adores her. He, um, loves her more than any of the other, like, bullshit, you know? He loves her more than he wants to own her, and I think that that's really important and inspiring.
1: Yeah, he comes around to that at the end. I fully agree, and that's why I don't think he needs to be, like, canceled, like, I mean, like, because we said, yeah, you know, he has, like, this entitlement, but he grows past it, um, and it, you know, I'm sure he's frustrated in multiple ways. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, sexually, yeah. emotionally, etc., mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. wants her and he, you know, loves her so much and cares for her so much. But at the same time, he knows that he he gets to the point where he realizes that no matter how hard he tries, and no matter how much he does, you know, she needs to come to him herself. And not have it be, you know, where he, he just, she just finally gives up and says, okay, I can't fight about it anymore. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, he says, like, go for it with Blaine. Like, if that's what has happened. That's what has happened. And he will support her in that, too. And I think that's really cool. Like, I don't think that a lot of people have that capacity to grow past, you know... The entitlement, but we see that like happen successfully here, and you know he's rewarded for it, right? Because the duckette girl, you know, shows interest in him, and and he goes to her, you know. And you know, John's thought on that was that that's so great for Ducky because you know he has there's somebody who's interested in him, and first, you know, it's not like him pursuing them or just being Mm. obsessed or whatever. This person kind of sees him and is like, hey, I'm interested in, in you.
0: The biggest thing that, that I got from Ducky is this is a person trying to find himself and trying to find his way through life. And the biggest thing that the Ducky wants is attention. He wants yeah. someone to notice him. You know, I mean, there, there's no bigger example of that than the try a little tenderness scene. Well, there know? is
1: one bigger example. What which is it? Is when he puts the alarm on like six <laughs> times.
0: Yeah. Oh, it, oh, sorry. What an <laughs> asshole. I love that. It's so fucking annoying. And you know what? That would have been me. Yes, you it know, it would have been, been me. Yeah. so John.
1: But like, yeah. and the try a little tenderness scene, probably my favorite scene in the movie. I
0: also would have done that. Yeah.
1: Um, When he lip syncs the song and he does this dance like all around the room and he's like so intense. Yeah. I do feel like he's like trying on characters kind of throughout the movie you know because again we go back to andy you know andy knows who she is she has no question about it there's never a point in this movie where andy is like gosh who am i you know she knows who she is she knows what she wants to wear she knows what she wants to study she gets in you know her her altercations with like the principal for example right Is because he doesn't want her to be who she is and she's like go fuck yourself you know what see is what you get
0: and then ducky says can i adore you
1: yeah or can i admire you so, yeah may i admire you yes
0: and then i think she actually finally says that to him at, at the, the end, end yes you know it, it's says, may
1: i admire you and like yeah because at the end he's kind of figured out that it's okay for him to be who he is whether he's with her or not right and you know there's a comfort and a relaxation back into himself there that makes him have a really strong ending which is all the more difficult that she ends up with Blaine
0: well we also have that moment where they're at the the club that they go to the music club and you know uh Andrew McCarthy and Molly Ringwald show up and John Cryer is there with Annie Potts and it seems like he's had, you know, a few drinks, or maybe he's just acting like he had a few drinks. And, you know, so he's like really a dick to McCarthy and Ringwald. They leave. And he's like, hey, Andy, you know, she turns around as they're leaving and he grabs Annie Potts and just this big kiss. And he's like, you've been replaced. (laughs) And then you see Annie Potts is blown away because she's like, oh, wow, that was actually kind of hot. And, you know, she's like just like taking stock mentally. She just shoots her drink. And then later we actually come back to that. Because she's like, if you see the Duckman, you know, be easy on him. And, you know, she's asking if, you know, the guy, uh, if Andrew McCarthy was a strong kisser, because she was like, you know, Ducky, you know, he has this strong kiss. Like, he must have been, like, practicing on melons or something.
1: (laughs) On melons. Yeah,
0: it's just so good. And it's just like. She
1: said he set her thighs on fire or something (laughs) like that. Yeah.
0: Right. So it's like, it's like you see that this guy has so much. I mean, I would have been really interested in the story of Ducky with Iona. Now, that would have been pretty wild. That would have
1: been different. Yeah.
0: Those you know, are my maybe, two favorite and, characters. And I
1: love Iona. Like, right. Because part of my other thing at the end is do I even think Andy deserves Ducky? Like, is Ducky too good for Andy? Like, <laughs> I almost have that question at the end. Yeah because she's so hung up on Blaine for what reason I'm not sure if I know like I keep trying to figure it out and you know again it could just be that she needs to experience it once to see if like it's worth it to just be with this rich guy or whatever but you know Blaine like what does he have to offer like we don't see I think that I'm, I'm missing out on what the appeal is with him yes You know, he's cute, especially in, like, that 80s way. But, you know, we knew Andrew McCarthy from St. Elmo's Fire as well, which came out the year before this. Right, and
0: he plays someone who's older, and then a year later, it's like... He's he's, back in high school. Yeah, he's like he's college and beyond, right? And then he's back in high school. So,
1: yeah, it's not Andrew McCarthy. It's not his performance. He's very good in this. But it's just, like, I feel like the writer, maybe John Hughes, like, almost didn't know what he wanted Blaine to be. And maybe that comes across a little bit.
0: Well, and you also never, in my opinion, have like this great like you know montage of them being together. We we see this date, right? And it sucks. They go to this shit party with his shit friends, right? And then later they go to the stable and then they go to the bar huh yeah
1: in the stables oh yeah sorry (laughs) no no don't worry about it But yeah, no, there's that date that's trash then they go to the stables and that's supposed to be like the great date but like what are they doing sitting around in horse poop and making out
0: (laughs) it didn't seem to be like yeah that didn't seem to like have you know this this fire to it this passion that would make you, you know, want to go the distance. Like all I saw was I saw two people hanging out who were kind of interested in each other and they each visited each other's friends who equally sucked. Yeah. And then they, they made out in some hay and that's really what I got. Their
1: whole relationship. Yeah. Like now
2: that I'm thinking about it, there's not really, where I feel like there's not like a standard, like rom-com arc. Here. like yeah there should be there should be a montage and we should understand why they're together at the end
1: yeah um yeah maybe
2: this is just like the first like 20 minutes of when harry met sally you know like there needs to be like seven more hours where they eventually yeah. end up but like yeah
1: i don't know because yeah the arc doesn't make sense well and they're both teenagers too i mean but it. That's okay, right i i love the show bob's burgers i'm moderately mm-hmm. too extremely obsessed true. with it and <laughs> so, i mean andy kind of has like a tina belcher vibe for me in the best possible <laughs> way <laughs> tina is absolutely my gal i love her like you know you identify with andy i identify with tina like i get it when i was like that age you just like your hormones are insane and like you don't even know what you're doing and like you fall in love with every person you see and like that's just Tina and I love it and this kind of is like a Tina and Jimmy Jr. kind of vibe here oh wow okay Okay. like she's totally (laughs) like Blaine and Jimmy Jr. are very similar to me because like they don't appreciate this awesome girl who is into them And you just want to, like, kind of shake them a little bit and be like, hey, dipshit, you don't deserve this, but you're getting it. So you better be grateful, you know, and that's just how I feel about it. It's like, yeah, I I can tie anything to Bob's Burgers. It's kind of like my life philosophy is just Bob's Burgers based. Well, it also has.
0: okay, and again, you could say this about really any romance. Right. It does have, like, some Romeo and Juliet vibes, right? We've got, you know, we've got these two families, right? They don't like each other. I mean, in this, it's not like there's some direct feud between, you know, Andy's family and, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you're talking about, like, the chosen family thing, which I think was a good point that you made way earlier that we kind of just trampled over on the way to something else but like it
0: happens man i do it too i
1: know it's just the way it went today yeah yeah but like the chosen family theme is huge here because you know yes i think that's a gen x thing again like i think that a lot of times like you know gen x and even like older millennials as well kind of had this situation where you didn't necessarily have like a strong family unit that you grew up with. So you have to have a family and you're going out like looking for one. Yeah. And that yeah. happens here. And when you're saying, you know, that it's kind of like family feuding. Yeah. It's not with like her literal family. Like, her dad doesn't even care about whether somebody's rich no. or not. No,
0: he's totally he's cool. He's like, what
1: he's, you know? Yeah, right, what is but, <laughs> <laughs> but her chosen family are, you know, her peer group. And her, you know, cohort of, you know, uh, similarly financially challenged people. And then the other group is this kind of neglected rich kids who kind of all form like their own awful family gang. Yeah. And and yes, there is definitely a feud of Montague Capulet level kind of. Hatred between the two groups,
0: and then they have their one night in the stable, right? Yeah, they're That's star-crossed
1: like, lovers, right?
0: And it's it's just like you have, um, oh God, it's such a. I haven't actually read Romeo and Juliet for so long. Like, I just I think of the lerman movie so much that I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, is this real anymore? I don't remember. <laughs> but you know, it, it's like they, you know, he meets Juliet at a party, right? He does. So this is like a funny kind of version of that because it's like, yeah, they meet up and, and he takes her to the shittiest party on earth. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, okay, you know, like we, we have that. And, you know, I mean, no one drinks poison per se, but I think that we're supposed to feel like Andrew McCarthy saying I'm going to be with someone of lower status is a kind of suicide. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we're seeing here. So, I mean, I think that is, is it. And it's just like, you know, so he decides to go for it, right. He commits social suicide and then she does the same and you know how that really wraps up. And this is insane. Both of them piss off. When they kiss at the end of the movie, they're not at the prom, which is the biggest event of the film. From the very beginning, Harry Dean Stanton's like, do you have a date to the prom? Like, the prom is the whole thing. Like, we see it with Annie Potts, the prom. Says her, prom, prom, prom. I yeah. love
1: that scene where Annie Potts says that, like, her girlfriend from high school who didn't go to the prom, like, she'll just be, like, you know, thinking that she forgot something and she checks how many kids are with her and checks her purse and checks for her keys right. and then she realizes it's because i didn't go to prom <laughs> i'm missing out on having gone to prom Oh my god! and i thought that was so funny because prom is so like not that important but when you're in high school like these little things seem like they're such mm. a big deal like i'm gonna remember this forever yeah. you know is there anything else that you wanted to add that we haven't gone over yet
2: we talked a lot about like you know depression, um, and it sort of seems like it's in a lot of people, and especially probably especially in the the men, um, and maybe it's like you know something about like how they aren't able to like uh, metabolize their emotions or something. I don't know, but like uh, I think that this movie has. It is way more about, like, depression and and trying to find your light, uh, like, way more than I had thought about at the beginning of this conversation. Like, now that we've talked about it more, like, how, how depressed people are and how they they try to, like, find their way out of misery or not is, like, yeah, everywhere. It makes sense to me that I love this movie. It's It's deep, actually.
1: It is. Yeah. there's so much more to it i mean and i think when we all encounter this movie we do it as young people yeah. um you know I'm, I'm, well in my case in your case for sure and yeah. you said you thought you saw it in college you know i think that when we first see it we're closer to the age of these characters you know we're thinking about life and kind of a similar way that they might be thinking about it because andy is like you know pretty focused on you know the future and what she wants out of her life and Iona also has that as well I think um and then you have like other characters who kind of don't know what they want to do and they're totally aimless which I think we can relate to as well you know because when you're young like there's so much pressure about like what are you going to do what's your major going to be when you go to college and all these things and there's so much weight put on that Mm -hmm. and in this case like what about prom? How are you going to go to prom? You know, you're going to remember that forever. Is it important enough? Is everything in your life important enough? And that's just too much pressure. And and people have different reactions to that. And you know, we have a good example in this as well of someone who, um, in Andy's dad, of someone who, you know, kind of seems like they did everything right. You know, he married somebody that he loved and just treated her well and adored her and she still left because that's not what she wanted. And he's in a bad spot. You have somebody like uh, Steph who really has every material need that someone could want and he's still one of the most miserable people on planet Earth. Yeah. And basically treats everyone like you know he's a little boy and they're ants and he has a magnifying glass you know (laughs) and i just i do think that's interesting too these are things that like i didn't really think about and then a very um, overt discussion about class and economic status in this but I don't think I realized how deep it ran until we were talking about it just now in this conversation. You know, yeah, um, it's not just a kids movie; it's not just a teen movie.
0: No, not even close. Yeah. And and that's yeah. it's like I mean, all of these points that have come up. I mean, you know, there are definite things where my mind has changed. or I'm seeing it a different way from what both of you said. And I, and that's what I like, you know, Yeah, I, I like being able to dig into something. And this is a movie that I always liked. And if you asked me, what would I have said? I liked Ducky, right? I liked Annie Potts. I really enjoyed the terribleness of Spader <laughs> and Harry Dean Stanton, always a good time. That's what I would have said to you. And I would have kind of left it at that. Um, I would have thought about, the, the song Pretty in Pink by Psychedelic Furs, oh, of course. which I always hear in my head. I don't, I don't know why, but this particular song, I always hear like the opening, like, dur, 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 dur. like I'll be walking and I'm like, what? You know, and in this movie, when it starts out, they're playing the song, right? And I keep waiting for the vocal to come in, but they keep delaying it. So I'm kind of like freaking out when I'm watching the movie. I'm like, you need to start it. And, um, you know, I never know what the words are. I just mumble complete nonsense whenever it comes on, and I enjoy that. I actually looked up the words, and a piece of trivia, you know, this is IMDB, um, said that uh, Molly Ringwald loved the song and told John Hughes to write something around it.
1: We didn't really talk about the music that much and this. I don't even think we mentioned it until now, but... I think the music in this is also really good, and it's so 80s, like, nostalgia. If You Leave. If You Leave is an amazing song. When that
2: came in, I was like, wait, this song's in this? My God, like, I forgot everything is good. Yeah, you got New Order, you got The Smiths, you got, like, everybody. Um, And, yeah, the soundtrack, it's a top
1: soundtrack, for sure. It is.
0: I really like the song "Left of Center." I think it's Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vega, and I don't know where it is. I don't know where it shows up in the movie, though. I have is no it on idea. The soundtrack? Yeah. Oh, Okay. I mean, that's, again, I was could one be wrong.
2: Thing. I listened to the soundtrack, and I was like, "I love Suzanne Vega." When
1: was this song? I don't know. Yeah, that's a great song.
0: I love it, and I feel like that song. You know, again, I don't remember all the lyrics, but the vibe of it. Is talking about being different. You know, that yeah. that's where we're at.
1: If you leave actually wasn't supposed to be in the movie. They had like a different song to be the end of the movie, but then wow. they changed it to be like this because she ended up with Blaine instead of Ducky. But I don't I can't imagine it without that. No.
0: Yeah. I, I can't imagine that either.
1: All right. Well, I think that wraps it up probably for our Pretty in Pink episode. Thanks, Heather, for joining us. Yes, so thank much. You. Yes. So much fun. Thank you for having me. And amazing. so many good points. Like, I love we love getting like super deep on a movie like this. Yes. And it's so great that you were like right there with us. Let's dive oh, all yeah. the way in. Let's 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 plow. <laughs>
0: let's plow, dude.
1: <laughs> so um thanks everyone for joining us. And we will see you next week. Until then. Stay comfy. Stay comfy.